going to party to you. Sam's tonight. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. What's up, heroes? And welcome to the Stephen Corson Show, where we discuss financial strategies, habits, and mindset to get you to your first 100K and then get you to your first million, all in the pursuit of true wealth and modern freedom. I want to talk about one of the biggest mindset changes that I made that helped me to build wealth to the point where I could literally live for the next 11 years and not have to change anything with my lifestyle before I ran out of money. So when you hear people say that, oh, you know, making money is about mindset, uh, you know, it's not about knowledge necessarily, it's about habits, it's not about this and that, that's true. Um, But the problem is a lot of times people just leave it at that. We need to get a little bit more granular, which is why I want to talk about something called loss aversion bias. And before you're like, oh, my gosh, that sounds incredibly boring. Don't worry. That's probably the last time I'll say that actual term. So (laughs) what it is, loss aversion bias, um, it's pretty simple. It's just the psychological pain is of losing money is normally twice as great as the psychological um, pleasure of gaining money. So an easy example of this is if you're walking down the side of the road and then you see a $20 bill just lying there, you're like, oh, hey, great. I found a $20 bill. Uh, Pretty good. You shove it in your pocket, feeling pretty good for the next hour or so. And then as you go on throughout your day, you know, you don't really think about it too much. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that was great. But then on the flip side, if you're walking down the road and you had $20 in your pocket and you were going somewhere and that $20 fell out and then you get out to you know go buy something you're like oh man i lost my 20 bucks it really ruins your day a lot more like you're way more bummed out about it compared to how happy you are just finding it so that's a very simple simplistic um you know kind of example but when you start looking at it in terms of how people view risk and investments and different things like that it really starts to show some huge behavior. So a huge differences, um, you know, in the portfolios between men and women when it comes to their investments, women consistently underperform uh, compared to men. So why is that? Well, the reason for that is because women tend to take on less risk. Men tend to take on more risk. And that's just in life in general, right? A lot of this has to do with how we're just biologically wired. So, you know, women are going to value things that are a lot more stable and guaranteed. Well, to get something that's more stable and, you know, maybe not necessarily guaranteed, but likely to happen, you're going to pick some, you know, less risky, uh, some less risky investments. Well, that's great. They're not going to see the ups and downs as much as a portfolio of somebody who's choosing more risk, but it is going to impact the potential upside of their gains. And especially when you look over the past, you know, three decades or so when the market is really booming, it's really booming. So if men are the ones that are consistently out there taking a little bit, you know, higher average on risk, they're going to end up with the higher returns if they do it well over the long term. Now, There's one group of people that actually beats out men and women. And I know you're sitting here going like, okay, uh, who, who is, who is that? Well, that's dead people. So Fidelity actually did a, um, their large investment firm. They did a study of the best performing individual portfolios. And what they found is that over time, the people who are the best investors are the ones that died and couldn't make any changes to their accounts. So why is that? Why, why are dead people consistently outperforming both men and women that are alive? Well, it again comes down to loss aversion bias. So 
one of the things that happens, like I said, taking the example of the $20 bill is when you have $100,000 in your 401k and then all of a sudden everything's great and one day, boom, recession hits, terrible news, war, whatever, and then your portfolio starts to tank. And next thing you know, oh, that $100,000 is only worth $90,000 in like a week. Because a general rule of investments is that they go up slow, gradually over time. And then when they go down, they go down fast. Now, it's not for as long of a time, but it doesn't matter because fear starts to get kicked in. Now, you may have been investing since it was $50,000, $60,000. And then let's say you had a couple of really good years. And now that $60,000 is worth $100,000. You've made $40,000. But the pain of losing that $10,000 is so much greater than the gain that you've got over the long term of getting that extra 40. So in this situation, what ends up happening is people panic sell. They freak out and they go, oh, okay, I need to take it out and, and get into cash or, oh, I need to try to do something. And they end up making these moves and it just ends up hurting them. So that's why, you know, this loss aversion bias, when it invokes this fear, the people who are the best investors, the people who have learned how to build wealth, they learn how to fight through that psychological pain because what's on the other side of that is actually this um, awareness of what is really going on. When you're not caught up in the motion uh, or of the emotion of the moment, you're able to very clearly see and assess, okay, what's really happening? Is, is this investment that I have tanking because something's inherently wrong with the investment itself, like real estate is crashing or the stock that I bought of this company, this company's not doing well? Or is it just everybody's just kind of selling everything right now? This is actually still a really good investment. It's definitely going to bounce back over time. There's really no reason for me to abandon it in the moment. So I, I'll never forget Jocko Willink. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL. He was a commander uh, you know, in the military. And one thing that he always talked about that made him such an effective leader was that in the midst of chaos, in, in, in the, 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 the fog of war, the craziness of battle, he said, where others would be, you know, very um, scatterbrained and like just drawn around by all the loud noises and everything going on. He said for him, things would click and it was a mix of training and, you know, personality traits and all this other stuff that combined to make him such an effective leader in moments of crisis. And he said, you know, when the bullets started flying, he was like, that's when things became most clear to me. And I knew exactly what we needed to do to counteract the enemy's moves, um, you know, to make sure we were in the best position to push them back, make sure everybody was safe and go from there. And, um, you know, his podcast is absolutely amazing. If you haven't checked, checked out uh, Jocko before, the man will, uh, his voice alone will make you want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. It's great. You know, he, he talks a lot about leadership stuff, but, you know, some of it's military, some of it's just, you know, really good life advice. But anyway, so that's that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about loss aversion. Like if we can get over this psychological pain of the potential fear that we would have of losing something, there's a lot to be gained from that. The other side of it is the fact when you're not invested in something and everything is going downhill. Well, one thing they always say is that when there's blood in the streets, buy real estate. Well, what they're talking about is when everything's going wrong and everything's really bad, in reality, you know, with the exception of a couple assets that probably, you know, are just not going to do well long term because something's wrong with them. In reality, it's a great time to buy stuff because essentially everything's on sale. So, you know, it's one of those things whenever you're going to invest in anything, you definitely need to know about what it is you're going to buy. But, you know, a lot of times when, you know, a few things go wrong, people tend to sell everything 
just because they're fearful. And when that happens, you can get great investments for great deals. But if you're not calculating the upside of the risk potentially and getting over the psychological pain that loss aversion bias can bring you, I'm sorry, I know I broke my damn uh, promise to you in the beginning of this. I said I want to say the term again, but I did. So loss aversion bias there, whatever, we're going to triple down on it. So, um, you know, the point is, listen, you can say this in like regular conversation with people and sound really smart. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a psychologist or not. Like you just go around and start saying loss aversion bias to people and they're gonna be like, oh man, this person really knows what they're talking about, right? So all I'm trying to say is this. Yes, when it comes to mindset, we are specifically programmed, you know, through, you know, just this is how, you know, human nature is, right? I mean, back in the day when we were, uh, you know, out collecting nuts, you know, for the village and uh, shooting deer and different things like that, we're not programmed to see the upside of, well, if I keep going after this big herd of buffalo, you know, there's this huge potential upside. You know, that's not our natural instincts. Our natural instincts are to stay alive. And, you know, if there's a potential sound in the bushes over there, it's like, well, I don't know if that's some kind of panther or whatever the case is. So I'm just going to run and err on the side of caution here instead of hoping, you know, it's something I could hunt down and eat. So, it's no different here. It's just playing out in a different, you know, manner because, you know, we're a bit more civilized nowadays. So anyway, I say all that to say that this is all that it is. When you can, when you can start getting this right, when you can start getting your mindset, your emotions under control, all these other things, you will see opportunities you never saw before. You will see, um, uh, your portfolio do better. You will be able to better control your expenses and the things that you're doing there. And the other crazy thing about this is you will take chances on things that you probably never would have taken a chance on before because you're not as worried about the loss. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the chances of a potential loss happening happen all the time. And I'll, and I'll say this, I mean, just think about it in terms of your regular life. How many times, you know, growing up, did you not ask that girl out because you were afraid of looking stupid in front of your friends. Well, that's loss aversion bias. You're just, you're scared of the psychological pain of, you know, losing, right? Of if she rejects you and says no, you're more scared of the psychological pain, you know, of what your friends are gonna say than the potential upside of the fact that she says yes and you go on a couple dates and she's like the greatest person in the world and you get married. So, I mean, it's like, it's like that's literally the upside there. The downside is she says no and some people laugh at you. Well, that's insane. When you think about it like that, you should just walk up and ask whatever girl that you're interested in now. But, you know, that's just one stupid example. But at the same time, it's true. We, we deal with loss aversion bias throughout our entire life. Uh, I'll give you another really stupid example real quick. A really stupid example is when I tell people that they need to negotiate their bills. And people are like, ah, oh, well, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't like to call or I don't like to do this. And it's like, listen. The worst case is you call the credit card company, you say, hey, I want to pay off my credit card. Can you lower the interest rate for me? The worst case scenario is that this person that you've never met before, that you will never see in your entire life, that will forget about you literally within five seconds of you hanging up the call is never going to think about you ever again. They're just going to say no, and then they will never think about you again. That is the worst case scenario. And then maybe you waste three minutes of your life taking a chance on something. The upside is that what I find with the majority of people I work with whenever we do something like this, you just call and say, hey, can you reduce my interest rate? And they go, uh, yeah, sure. You know, you've been a customer for a long time. Yeah, we'll drop it from 23% all the way down to 10% over the next 12 months. How does that sound? Okay, that sounds great. Thanks so much. That'll help me pay it off. And that's that's 
thousands of dollars of interest over the long term, potentially, that you got. And it's like, what what are we really scared of? So in your life in general, just be thinking, you know, you, you don't have to go around and say, what's my loss aversion bias? Okay. Just be walking around and just, you know, ask yourself whenever you're about to do something, whenever you're considering an investment, whenever you're thinking about spending money and you're like, ah, should I? And all this other stuff, just sit there and ask yourself the question of, you know, what's the upside of me doing whatever it is I'm about to do? And what's the downside, you know, if it doesn't work out? And then, you know, as long as you see way more of a massive upside and not as big of a downside, go for it. And that's how you get overcome that thing that I said I won't say anymore.